Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Data Center Podcast. We have here with us today Ihab Tarasi. He's an entrepreneur in residence at Sutter Hill Ventures. He's also former CTO of Equinix. He was there from 2013 until second half of last year. And prior to Equinix, he was VP of Enterprise Network Services at Verizon. Ihab, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we go on, I'd like to mention to our listeners, if you like what we do on this podcast, interviewing some of the brightest minds in the data center industry. We'll be doing this live on stage at Data Center World, taking place March 12th through 15th in San Antonio. Data Center Knowledge will actually have its own little stage there for the first time ever to see that. And also our awesome keynotes by Joe Cava and Heather Dooley from Google, by Kim Stevenson from Lenovo, among others. And to get a solid four days of wall-to-wall education sessions on everything that has to do with managing, building, designing, and owning data centers, register at datacenterworld.com. We'll see you there next month. It'll be great. Yahab, so you were at Aquinix for four years. Um, how have you seen the data center industry change over that time? Yeah, the data centers have changed dramatically over the last four years, and the level of investment have been very significant, and the level of investment continued to, continues to go up. And I think we've seen how much investment, not just by data center companies, but the hyperscalers in building their own data centers. But the big changes over the last four years have been First of all, the data centers look, used to look generic, maybe two, three models. And now you have maybe 20 different types of data centers, from the highly specialized, specialized hyperscaler data centers to the specific enterprise. And now you have the edge and micro data center. So the first thing we've seen is that what's a data center is now many different flavors or versions, depending on the application location where it sits in the topology of the, of the, of the world. And the second thing we've seen is new technologies have come in to make it much more efficient. You know, things like uh, virtualization, disaggregation, software-defined power, software-defined networks all started to show up to make it more efficient. And I would say the biggest one by far is the model of consumption and the model of customer service have gone to APIs, open interfaces, people being able to do it on the fly, quick response. All these things are major changes from where data center was. Data centers were five years ago. Mm-hmm. Can you zoom in on that a little bit more? Uh, consumption, data center consumption um, using APIs. What do you mean by that? Means people now want to have access to the power consumption. They want to see if there's outages. They want to understand how much the you know how the configuration is. They want to all do it in a way where the data center deployment is part of the big infrastructure. So if people have a whole network or a whole set of data centers deployed, and then they have something deployed with someone else, they want to be able with APIs and software to manage that as if it's their own infrastructure, end-to-end, nice. with their own end-to-end operations tools, uh, alarms, monitoring, detection, all of it, you know, end-to-end using all these software tools. So they, they prefer to have a management solution of their own, um, and then whoever's providing their infrastructure you know, better have some way to pipe that data into whatever Yes, because the applications demand, the applications using cloud and artificial intelligence now, a lot of the uh, outage detection and response is happening in, in seconds or milliseconds. And therefore, they want to be able to get the data instantly if there's anything happening to the infrastructure. They can no longer wait to hear it from someone else. And uh, it's basically having the data centers being responsive to the overall application that people are using. And uh, tell us more about what you're doing here at Subtle Hill Ventures. 
Um, I, I'm spending my time um, trying to put together all the big picture on how edge compute is going to evolve, understand the deep technology issues as well as the business model issues, and how these will evolve and how we can solve them as an industry. So the things, new wave like edge compute is so big and is so significant in terms of the number of players, the ecosystems, and the technology that's needed that being here at Sutter Hill gives me the time to work with all the key players on understanding the pieces and how this is going to evolve. And you just joined the board of Vapor.io. Um, I guess they're one of those key players, um, and that's the reason you're involved with them. Can you talk about Vapor.io and why you joined that board? Yeah, I, I joined them as, a, as an advisor. And uh, I joined Vapor.io because that team has done a lot of innovation on data center designs for the, for the micro data centers, the ones that will be placed at cell towers. And uh, that team has done a very good job taking advantage of OCP and, and Open19 and some of the new technologies that showed up to redesign what a data center will look like. So um, given that this is a whole new step for the industry, it is helpful to have interaction with somebody who is deploying some of the first data centers that are going to solve these next set of challenges. And for the team, I think it's helpful for them to understand what are the challenges and the solutions that big data centers have deployed to solve interconnection data center design. So I think there's a, there's a fantastic synergy that will move the industry forward that's helpful to Vapor.io and also Vapor.io provides a good example of what things are, how, so how issues are being solved and what are the next set of challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, and VCs haven't generally been interested in infrastructure. Um, it would be difficult to get uh, VC funding for an infrastructure startup. Um, what's, is, is anything different now? Um, is edge computing causing a spike in VC interest in infrastructure? I, yeah, I think, I think edge compute uh, consolidates multiple things. It consolidates infrastructure with networking with data center design, but also with the whole networking software and the data center management. So I, you know, some people will invest into pure infrastructure, but some people will invest into the software tools and platforms, and some people will invest into new networking technology. So I, I don't think it's a, I'm answering a different question for you, but in general, I think the lines between what's infrastructure and what's software platforms and what network management tools and networking tools is still evolving into this edge data center. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a massive field because it is going to be the next wave of investment You know that we've seen the cloud for many years now. Edge data center is going to be the next wave. Mm -hmm. So in other words, VCs may not necessarily be interested in infrastructure per se, but if there is an innovative way to manage that infrastructure, then there may be some interest there. Or, or in addition to that, and or, this is a big enough of a transformational wave that everybody's interested to understand how it's going to evolve. So everybody is interested. There's a lot of, uh, lots of edge computing activity. There are new startups. Um, the bigger players are interested. Um, it's still a new market, obviously. We haven't really seen scale deployments, um, at least not publicly disclosed ones. Um, there is no clear idea on when 5G and all the things it's supposed to enable, um, self-driving cars, AR, VR, are going to actually be you know, big enough to need a lot of edge sites. 
Um, vendors claim there's a ton of edge computing deployments in retail and manufacturing. Um, all the big cloud vendors are figuring out their edge plays. How do you see this developing over the next five years or so? Yeah, I think that's the biggest question everybody's trying to answer now, which is what's the timing and what are the applications for this edge compute? And different people have different answers. Some people feel it's going to be two years out before you see any, and some people feel it's immediate, and people have different views on what the applications are. And you guys will probably see that from everybody. But what I would say is the fundamental things everybody agree on is there's an enormous amount of data being collected at the edge that needs to be dis displayed somewhere and used and processed, analyzed at large scale. Today, the clouds do all of that. You, people put all this data in the cloud or they put it on on-prem data centers or multi-tenant data centers. So I think the first question people are trying to answer uh, is some of this data better placed closer to the place where the data is being collected for to optimize for performance or cost? And I think that is still early stages of discussion on this. And I think following that, the, the questions will be, what are the first trials of 5G? I mean, a lot of people are doing trials already, and you could see some announcements on deployments in 2019. So 2019 may be the first year where people would start to see some 5G as well as new applications for edge compute. And over the, the five years, it's going to continue to evolve from that. Eventually, it has to be very highly responsive uh, platform that responds to uh, collecting massive amount of data, processing it, and responding to real-time applications in milliseconds. That's like a distant future. But I would say the biggest issue right now, all this data being collected, what should is there a place, is there any benefit to using edge compute for that on day one? And, uh, and then, you know, it will continue to evolve from here. Some of the most prominent players in that space right now, I mean, all of the telcos obviously are looking at it, making some kind of investments, but there's a whole bunch of startups. There's Vapor.io, which we already mentioned, startup out of Austin, Texas. Um, they have the Vapor Chamber, um, they're OCP compliant. Um, if need be. There's a whole bunch of management software that they created for that stuff. Um, they have a partnership with Crown Castle, which is the biggest uh, wireless tower operator in the US. Um, they have plans to sell co-location services at cell tower sites. Um, they have a vision of creating a virtual distributed data centers by sprinkling its edge nodes all over a city, for example, and linking them all into a single system. Um, there is also Edge Micro, that's another startup. Um, they're also a colo at the cell tower play. Um, they have a 48 KW container design, and their differentiation is intelligent routing software that manages data delivery to end-user devices on behalf of clients, so they don't have to deal with that stuff. Compass Data Centers, which is a Dallas-based um, wholesale data center developer until recently. Uh, they just acquired uh, two startups, Edgepoint and Bitbox, um, but they're what they're offering now is a full solution play. You know, you get core data center and edge data centers. If you need them, you don't need to go to multiple vendors for that. Um, the edge data center solution is by, by Edgepoint. Bitbox has the management software for that. Um, that's another, another part of, the, of their angle is you get the management software, you get the maintenance team to manage uh, the infrastructure as a whole. Um, so they kind of they're taking the complexity out of the equation for, for customers. 
There are also non-startups like Furtive, which is a former Emerson Network of Power. There's Schneider Electric. Those guys will build you an edge shelter if you need it with all the power and cooling infrastructure and management software that's required. There's also Dartpoints, another startup. They build slightly larger facilities, but still micro compared to traditional data centers, also targeting the edge. There's Digital Bridge, which is an infrastructure investor. They own DataBank, Vantage, C7, um, all data center providers, retail and wholesale. Uh, they own wireless towers. They have announced plans to sell Colo at wireless towers, also planning a holistic edge core um, and network solution because they have the wireless towers as well. So uh, which of these models besides Vapor um, are the more interesting ones to you? Yeah, I think, I think in general, what the one thing I really believe is that there's going to be more closer coordination with cell tower companies when you do edge data centers. And so you can see that Vapor is spending time on that. I definitely see some of the other players are also spending time on that. So people still don't know what to do with that. But when you have massive expansion of the 5G network and all these other wireless connectivity, it makes a lot of sense to use an edge data center model to speed up the deployment you know, at all these cell towers and be able to add services and also make the service more responsive. So that to me is interesting because it fits with the ability to enable this next generation services, which is what a lot of people talk about. I think the second thing that's interesting is anybody who is innovating on the management of the data center itself with software and automation and tools because that's, those are the things that we saw already in the big data centers. But I would say everybody in this list that you had is doing something innovative, either changing how the hardware is deployed or how, the, how it's sold or where it's placed or what applications will be used. And that's typical in this phase of the, of the innovation where people will, will work on different, different independent areas to innovate on. And then over time, it will become clear what models work best. In the edge, for sure, there'll be many models that will succeed. So I'm not sure I see overlap between them. It's just different people are pushing on different angles at this time. Mm -hmm. I guess the, the only overlap is the, the form factor of the small data center. Yes, um, but even that small, we d I don't know what small is anymore. You know? right. Some yeah. people are just building a mini version of the big data center. Yeah. And some people are reinventing what that looks like completely. And I think those are all good open questions. What, what does that look like? Um, I definitely think there's tremendous debate and discussion on this. But the good news is that different people are trying different things. And that, that kind of investment is really needed because without the footprint of, of edge data centers being built, there won't be no edge compute. So that investment, including the ones that the telcos are doing, that is not part of the list you mentioned, is all a step in the right direction that shows the industry is evolving in that place. Mm -hmm. Let's flesh out the, the wireless tower bit a little bit. Um, talk about what's your thinking about why that's um, a good idea, why, why that's, uh, that gives somebody an advantage in the edge compute? Well, I think first of all, um, anything in the edge has to be linked to infrastructure. And infrastructure is not just locations. It's people, operational models, security. So to me, it's a lot more efficient. If there's going to be thousands of edge data centers, it's a lot more efficient to link it to 
to some operational model that already exists. Um, it, it's kind of like how the multi-tenant data centers um, start, you know, already had all the model and all the real estate investment and the capital investment and, uh, and the operations for the data centers and then the cloud deployments went inside and all the exchange points. Uh, the, same, the same efficient use of assets and people would show up in the cell tower companies. I'm not saying that would be the only model. There's a lot more. The telcos have their own, obviously. Um, but you, you have to think twice before you're going to build one more platform and all the investment in people and real estate uh, when you have other platforms that can accommodate it and know how to do a multi-tenant model and know what to do. So, And also, the second thing is that at the end of the day, most connectivity will be wireless. And if this is where the wireless signal is going, it is by far the most efficient place to create, put, put the compute and the data center model. So there's a pretty natural fit. Yeah, I mean, that is, I, I personally think the cell tower deployments will happen. The question is how much of it, where is it, what's the model? And then the, all the other question is what else will also happen, which will be. So this is, this is, this is the first piece of this long journey. Mm -hmm. So Compass um, Data Bank are talking about edge, an edge business. Um, do you think other big color providers, well, the big color providers, will get into the color, the edge business? You know, I the think the color providers, reality or Reconix, et cetera. Yeah, I think the color providers are already in the edge business. Some people would call this the extreme edge versus edge. So I think all the color providers are really in the edge business themselves. You're and talking about the likes of Edge Connects. No, even even Equinix, digital, they really provide edge services to the cloud today. So now this is the question is what applications are better served in a centralized data center multi-tenant like a digital or Equinix and what applications really demand to be all the way by the cell tower. So everybody's in the edge game. It's just some stuff has to be in the extreme edge and some stuff has to be in the edge that's more efficient in a bigger data center. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, performance, economics will dictate that over time. There's enormous investment into multi-tenant data centers, so people will take advantage of that and will continue to do it. And I think people will wait to see what has to be at the extreme edge over time, because that's going to be new deployment, new support model, uh, et cetera, versus what they're comfortable with in the big data centers. I'm just I'm wondering whether. Um big colos that already you know have relationships with customers um, they have all of the network interconnections well they they seem to have a natural advantage if they choose to go to that extreme edge once they see you know if there's clear demand i mean uh, some people say true? yeah i think i do think that i i i'm confident everybody's watching that space and trying to understand what it means to them but what i would say is that some people see that there's an advantage because people want to go to one customer for the whole end-to-end, -end, but also it's a different model completely. So I, I, I think it's hard to tell, but I would say it's an interesting, it's clearly very interesting to the data center companies as well as to the cloud companies, what happens at the edge. A lot of people would be very interested, as well as the networks. This is the intersection of all these players combined, you know, what happens at the edge. I already mentioned Compass, they just bought EdgePoint and Bitbox announced an edge computing play. Um, do you think there will be demand for this single solution, core to edge product? 
Yeah, I don't know enough about Compass, and I, I saw the announcement, but I don't, I don't know enough to comment on it. But it, it appears to me that it's following the general trend that people are looking for uh, somebody to serve their needs end to end, including management support, uh, including no matter what the need is, and looking for a very simplified model. And, uh, and I think we'll see more of those. But yeah, I'm sorry, I just haven't had enough time to understand it sufficiently to comment on it. Sure. And um, what are the biggest unanswered questions about the future of edge computing? Which question would have to be answered before you ha we have a clear idea of, of where this is going? I think most people would say, what, when it, what is the demand and when is it coming? That would be the biggest thing people would say. Uh, you know, what are the specific applications and customers who want to deploy at the edge, and when are they going to deploy it? So what do we know about the demand now, the nature of that demand? I would say that the best, I mean, if you, if you the, the, the information coming out of those people building micro data centers, they feel this demand today. I, I think was just at a very early stage of that cycle to figure out what the demand is. But, uh, so the, bigger, the big question is, what is the demand? How big is it? When, when do people really need to build out that infrastructure? And I think the second one will be, you know, how do you make sure that you're gonna get the performance and, and the support all of that, what, you know, if you're going to go to a, a big data center, you know what you're going to get. You know what the pricing is, you know what the product is. I think this edge uh, deployment is still early stages of that too. So what's the demand? When is it coming? What's kind of the AMPA period? Where are we in the cycle? And number two, what is it? What's the support model and how that works? That's all open. Are there any open questions still about the technology that will be um, needed? Yeah, I mean, I would say a lot of the data center technology that's uh, available for the, from the hyperscalers and the big data center is solving some of the issues, but there are new questions for the edge. You're not going to put as much power redundancy, for example. There's more efficient way to do cooling. So there will be many new technologies coming up at the edge to meet the requirements of the application in an efficient way and a highly distributed manner. So I would say technology-wise, there'll be many technologies created here and it's going to look differently when it's said and done than what we have in the big data centers. Mm -hmm. um, I think right now people are borrowing from the big data centers and creating a smaller version, but I would say that's just the phase we're at. But over time, there will be tremendous innovation needed in making a much more efficient model that's easy to support, that can be distributed than what there is today. Mm -hmm. And what, what, what are the examples of the things that they're borrowing from the big data centers? For example, um, people will be using Open19 Racks, or using OCP, or using the same technology for, the, for power, but at a smaller version. So mm -hmm. basically, people are building a smaller version of what we have in the big data centers. Um, but the reality is, over time, this is a new space by itself. And why are OCP and Open19 uh, good standards for Edge specifically? Be because they've solved a lot of the issues to create. Basically, I mean, OC OCP and Open19 
have created a much more efficient model for building data centers, where you can leverage the technologies that the big, big uh, hyperscalers have created for their own data centers, and now you can take it and apply it, so you can, you can really reduce your cost. And then the second thing, those two are linked to the supply chain and manuf you know, contract manufacturing, uh, people like Flex, et cetera, who can do it, who can build it for you quickly and a very good cost-effective nature. So I would say not only they solve the design components that you want, but they solve the manufacturing and, and supply chain issues. Mm -hmm. So for today, if, I, you know, if anybody who's doing it, that's a very much easier way to do it because you're too small of a company to go build your, your own. You'll be able to say, I want to use this design, and then you would have you know, somebody like a Flex build it for you and build it for the size you need, and it's very modular. So it creates a template to quickly get started. And, and, I, and in the case of Open19 specifically, they've also added to the, to the ecosystem by solving the operational model. You can quickly install it. You don't make a lot of mistakes. So Open19 also adds operational efficiencies to the model that I think the edge needs a lot more operational efficiencies because you, you're not going to have people staffed at all these things all the time compared to a big data center. So the operational efficiencies that uh, Open19 added actually helps tremendously for the edge. I think basically it's a very good starting point. You have the design, you know how to cable, you know how to build it, you know where to buy it, you know how to buy it from, you know, in a modular component so that that allows you to get going quickly. Do you know where to buy it unless you're a Facebook or a Microsoft? Oh yeah, I mean, that, two years ago you couldn't, but I would say right now it's definitely very, very, very easy and very possible. I mean, both these foundations, OCP as well as Open19, OCP probably in a much more pervasive fashion, created communities and summits and web, uh, pages that you can go and find out where you can buy it and from who. So we're just at early stages of that. But I would say that it's much more mainstream now than it was even a year ago. And if you don't know what to do, all you have to do is go to Flex or Celestica or one of those, and they will do it for you. So in a way, I, I don't think it would be very hard for anyone to find their way there. Even even if you're not buying a thousand servers. Even if you're not. Yeah. It's, now, a year ago, you couldn't do that. You would want to buy at scale. But now, it's, it's continuing to go down this path that we all predicted. Okay, and now, so it's continuing to go down that path. Um, what role do you think OCP and Open19, which is a much younger standard, obviously, will play in the data center industry in the future? Um, obviously, you're saying uh, it will play a huge role in the edge what about enterprise data centers? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think OCP is clear. Open19 is new. So I think I can definitely speak to OCP. And we have to, Open19 brings a lot of benefits. It's just early in the process. So you have to wait and see how that evolves. But in the case of OCP, that became the innovation engine for the industry. Because most of the capital is being spent on data centers. Data center design, building data centers. And therefore, OCP became the meeting of the minds from the biggest players to the smallest around data center innovation. The vast, vast innovation in infrastructure, specifically infrastructure, is OCP. So that 
is a clearly a very critical, uh, I would say, th that's a very critical role for the whole industry. And it just takes time. It's a big change for the industry to change from thinking one way to think that data center uh, uh, innovation is the center of it all. But I think that's what's happening. And innovation usually follows investment. And we've all seen investment in data centers continue. And even if, if, you, if somebody is not specifically involved in OCP, the suppliers involved in OCP will funnel whatever innovation they're doing there to the other products that they're doing anyway. Um, now, I know that you know, Microsoft, Google, all these players also innovate significantly. But I think a lot of them do contribute to OCP or have similar programs. Um, so long story short, it's here to stay, and it's the new model for innovation and the new model for contributing uh, all, the, all the great innovations from the big players to the rest of the industry. Okay, that's all I have. Thank you so much, Ihab. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. This episode of the Data Center Podcast is brought to you by Data Center World, the global conference for data center facilities and IT professionals. Join industry colleagues in San Antonio from March 12th to March 15th, 2018 to discover solutions to real-world data center problems. Learn more at datacenterworld.com. Again, that's datacenterworld.com.